0: Hi, it's Roger Sitkins. Welcome to Winning Strategies. In this episode, we're going to complete our discussion around the essential questions for agency owners. I believe there are certain questions that agency owners absolutely need to know the answers to, and they become the foundation for their overall business plan. So here are some additional ones. Why and how Should my agency complete an annual review and risk survey on all of our A&B customers? Well, I think we all know that your A&B clients, the top 20% of your clients, will generate 80% of your revenues. So from my perspective, you better do an annual review, an annual risk survey on these clients before somebody else does. If you're an agency owner, you must make the annual review and risk survey non-optional. Now, as I've mentioned previously, the greatest, if not only, defense you have against commoditization and digital disruption is the risk advice you provide to your clients and future clients. And by the way, there's a great tool that can help you, the Rough Notes Advantage Risk Survey Program. Are you utilizing it or some other tool? If not, why aren't you? You know, at our last live producer program, we asked our producers to identify their top five points of differentiation. Surprise, an acronym, PODs, P-O-D. Many cited the annual review and risk survey as their key point of differentiation. So what are your points of differentiation? You've got to be able to answer that. Next, how do you ensure that all of your A and B clients receive an annual services calendar and a stewardship report? Well, you know, just like the annual reviews, and risk surveys, providing an annual services calendar and stewardship report really should be a non-optional behavior that also becomes one of your points of differentiation. That way, when you're telling your story, your story really is all about your pods, your points of differentiation. For example, you might say to a prospect, you know, insurance is one of the solutions we offer, but not the only one. One of the things that makes us different from other agencies is that we provide an annual calendar of services and a midterm stewardship report. By the way, how does that compare to what you're receiving from your current agent? Of course, that's when they'll say they don't get these things from their current agent because they just don't offer them. So there's a point of differentiation. Just don't forget that if you're out there telling your story as part of your point of differentiation, you better do what you say you're going to do. And as I've discussed before, there's promise-making and there's promise-keeping. Only promise that which you'll actually be able to deliver. question that gets asked all the time, how will we maximize our contingency income? Well, with the better agencies today, the contingency income amounts to somewhere between 8 to 10% of their revenues. Most of them want to do everything they can to maximize it because without that income, their financials wouldn't really be that good. See, most agencies simply can't afford to lose eight to 10% off their top line. If they did, the only expense they could reduce would be owner's reward. However, there are a number of things you can do to make the most of your contingency income. Now, The first thing we have to do is make sure we're always doing what's right for the client. We do not make a decision on a placement of an account just because of contingency income. But all things being equal, I think this has still got to be something we look at. So we're going to do this by starting with a thorough review of your contingency contracts. Now, some of the other ways you can make the most of contingency income. Well, first of all, negotiate with your carriers. Assuming you're doing the right things with your carriers, your premium volume continues to grow with them, you're probably worth more. You need to try to negotiate a better deal. Now, granted, asking for a better deal doesn't mean you'll get one. On the other hand, I guarantee you'll never get a better deal if you don't ask. What about consolidating the markets or carrier compression, whatever we want to call it? Are you trying to feed too many mouths right now? In a recent major study of a large agency client, we analyzed the written premiums with each one of their carriers, leaning towards the consolidation of the markets. We did so by taking the top 20% of the agency's carriers, by the way, including any wholesalers or ENS writers, and calculating the percent of revenue that comes from them. Guess what the figure was? Exactly 80%. So I rest my case. The 80-20 is real. It's a fact of nature there's a predictable imbalance in the universe deal with it and move on while the results may have shocked no one they supported our belief in the need to consolidate markets you can't feed everybody what about tracking our results once you've embraced the decision to consolidate markets and negotiate better contracts the next step is to track your results on a monthly basis Now, the problem is most agencies don't track their production by month by carrier, and therefore contingency income typically isn't part of the equation when deciding on the placement of insurance. Once again, I must make it clear here that the client's best interest must come first. But when you're at the point of deciding which carrier gets a piece of new or renewal business, and they're essentially identical in terms of coverages, services, and pricing, it certainly makes sense to consider your own results as well. Something I talk about all the time with agencies is operating profit. So a big question, how do we create an operating profit of at least 33%? Now remember, operating profit does not include investment or contingency income. Now I know that may be the thousandth time you've heard that, but do you really look at it that way? The only way you can earn a 33% operating profit is to limit your expenses to 67% of operating revenues. Gee, what a blinding flash of the obvious. Another key to boosting your operating profit is to focus on increasing your revenue per employee, your revenue per client, your revenue per producer, and of course, retention. What are you doing to increase all of these? It is critical that you focus on all of them if you want to see those operating profits really go up. Here's a big one for all of us to think about. How will you perpetuate your books of business? I saw a statistic the other day that said the average producer is 49 and a half years old. Now, assuming that's the case, they'll be at or near retirement age within the next 10 to 15 years. What will this mean to your agency? When you examine your books of business, Do you have an abundance of RIP producers, as in retired in place, not rest in peace? Or maybe they are resting in peace. What about coasters? Remember, you can only coast in one direction. Do you have any of them in your agency today? Furthermore, do you even know what your producers' plans are? Some of them may tell you they want to spend their career there and literally die at their desk. By the way, others already have. You just don't know it. Have you ever mentioned to your producers that you are formulating a three- to five-year outlook for your agency and wondered what their plans were for that time frame? You know, whether you're an owner or not, as an agency producer, you owe it to your colleagues to share with them how much longer you expect to be there. This goes without saying if you plan to leave the agency in fewer than three years. You know, in developing the agency's future leaders, It's extremely important to keep in mind the concept of rainmakers and buckets. This means identifying the young producers who will go on calls with the senior producers, get to know their accounts, and work closely with them on these accounts for the next two to three years. That way, when it's time to perpetuate, the junior producer will know all of the key people at the account and will help ensure a smooth transition. This is also a prime time for the senior producer to start taking advantage of their natural pipelines. You know, just because they've been around so long, they have a lot of people that could be in their pipeline. But typically, this is something they don't really want to do, because what if the prospect said yes? What if the prospect said, sure, I'll talk to you? They don't really want to do the work. However, we have found they don't mind making the introductions as long as they get to share in some of the new revenue generated. So what's the bottom line? Well, I hope these essential questions have encouraged you to think about your agency's profitability and its future, its overall strategic plan. It's very important your answers result in enhanced growth and development within your agency. As always, it's your choice. Thanks for listening to Winning Strategies. For new opportunities to replace that which is no longer working in your agency and the ability to sell more, retain more, and earn more, visit our website, There There's some free tools there you can use also.